Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right there, baby. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Awesomeo.com NFL Strategy Show. Dave Lochran with you. Bringing you a first look for the week 11 slate. That's right, 11 weeks into the season already. Some good, some bad, a lot of bad, decent amount of good. But now we're here to, you know, turn the tables because every week is a new week. Big things happening again this week. Millionaire makers across the industry. Lots of huge contests and some really great games. With me, as always, Ben Rasa on Twitter. Follow the man at JazzRazDFS. That's double Z, single Z. DFS, Sal Vetri at Sal Vetri DFS. Sal, what's going on, brother? Yeah, what's going on, man? Uh, it's it's uh, week 11. I, I'm, I get excited because uh, one Thanksgiving next week, but then that Thanksgiving slate is just so, I thought it was this week for some reason. So I'm a little bit too pepped up, but uh, yeah, week 11, not bad. Yeah, well, uh, Thanksgiving, you're excited for Thanksgiving football or you're excited for Thanksgiving? Both, but yeah, the, the, the three games slate on Thanksgiving might be the best of the year. Yeah, I'm very stoked for that. We got a ton of programming coming up. Uh, yeah, but you got to. Are, are you doing anything for Thanksgiving? Yeah, so I'm actually I'm going to be going home, uh, traveling home on Wednesday, which is like the first time I've been home since last Thanksgiving. So should be good. Nice. Yeah, a lot of states are like pretty much disallowing anything. Can't eat inside. You know, can't talk to people. Uh, can't say hello. Ben Rasa, how you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I, I will say that every single year. I'm the most excited I can be for the three game slate. And then by halftime of the lions game, <laughs> I'm completely dead every time. And even though theoretic, I don't even think is in the league. It's because of him every single year. So I was literally about to say theoretic. That's so, so funny. Every so Thanksgiving, yeah. it ends my Thanksgiving within an hour. So I'm looking forward to breaking that streak this year. And by the way, have you, have you seen the, uh, the Thanksgiving slate? I have not. I just know the Lions will well, be on it, out. obviously. Yeah, well, you obviously know that the Cowboys are, are always going to be on it, right? Cowboys-Washington. Oh, the, yeah. On the 4 p.m. hour. Uh, we kick it off at 1230 Eastern with the Texans and Lions. That could actually be a decent game. You know, I'm not, I'm not totally opposed to that. I don't really care if it's a good game from a viewing experience. If, it's, if, if there's fantasy value, I don't know, Sal, how many times have we seen really bad games on paper turn out to be good outside of last night, which was an absolute travesty and a a disgrace to the national football league in general. Yeah. Last night was just rough all across the board, but yeah, I mean, I I think any type of games on, on Thursday are going to be fun. The amount of prize pools that'll be in just so many different contests are going to keep it entertaining. Even if like you want to play these second half showdowns, if you're in a state where that's going to be legal, there's going to be a lot of ways to just always uh, re up. If you're already out of it by like the first quarter. Yeah. And then Baltimore Pittsburgh for the, uh, That's for the good. late hammer, which is pretty exciting. So right. anyway, we've got a, a good amount of games to touch on for this week. 11, we've seen 11 games, I think, for like four straight weeks now, which is perfect. 10, 11 games. Ben, I know you feel the same way. Uh, we had 11 for week 10. And man, when I say the chalk busted, almost uniformly across the board, from Aaron Jones to, you know, Devontae Adams almost had 20, but that's not going to get it done at 9K. Mike Davis, uh, Tyler Lockett, Duke Johnson, just through and through. It was a really, really rough week for the high-owned players. No doubt about it. Uh, I like weeks like that. I like when it's low scoring. I feel like I just generally do better, and I actually did all right. I I was disappointed after the one. Now, it was weird because there were six games left, but I had some really good teams that survived the 1 p.m. slate. Uh, Ronald Jones, 
somehow. He could have had like 40. He 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 had a hundred yard touchdown run and then he missed a couple. Brady snuck one in. So it was a weird slate. And then obviously the DeAndre Hopkins to end the slate changed everything right at the end there. All right. Well, Sal, how'd this week go for you? Did you have enough DeAndre Hopkins to 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 hit to to bank that uh oh my god. That last second Hail Mary touchdown, which followed a Stefan Diggs crazy touchdown near the pylon. Seattle, the, uh, Seattle, Jared Goff threw for almost 300 yards in the first half and then finished with zero touchdowns. It was just such a wild week. Yeah, it was. It came down to the fourth quarters of every single one of those last games for me. I had 100% Mike Davis and 48% Duke Johnson. So I was just sitting there thinking that this is going to be a 0% week, get nothing back. And I'm pretty sure it was close to that starting at the second games. But then the fourth quarter, you had like a Herbert to Keenan Allen touchdown, which I had a good amount of both of them helped a little. The Hopkins and Diggs helped in those stacks. And then Chase Claypool was like the one-off that I had a good amount of. And he had like the two fourth quarter touchdowns. So I pulled, I think, 400 in profit on a week where I thought it was going to be $0. So I was happy to get back like 50%. So those last like 20 minutes of real time on Sunday at four o'clock just changed everything from like, Five different touchdowns. A win is a win. The Hopkins touchdown killed me, to be honest. Same. Like, would you say, Ben? Same. Not yeah. not ideal. Yeah, that that hurt me quite a bit. I was sitting pretty nice and got knocked out of a lot on that DeAndre Hopkins touchdown. But I will say this much, Ben, before we get into week 11, Deontay Johnson just continuously went healthy, gets overlooked and disrespected in the DFS space. And once again this week, I guess we can make the transition now. He's still sub 6K against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a broken record in a good way with this guy. You've stated basically every week when he's healthy, the targets are there and the price is not. So uh, he's one of the many guys to get to. It's, it's an interesting slate, starting with Kyler's not here. Uh, and that's going to change, you know, starting the season. I didn't think that would matter. Obviously, right now, that changes the entire slate in itself. Lamar is back on top of the, of the QB pricing, which is something – certainly not warranted based on his play, but it's just who we have available. Um, No Mahomes, no Kyler Murray. So just a different look right off the bat. All right. Well, Ben, sticking with you here, starting with the quarterback position. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. Appreciate all you guys being with us. Yeah, You can't start the show without this. You haven't done so yet. I hit that thumbs up, but really the most important thing, uh, it's great for us. It's great for you. Let's hit that subscribe button. You haven't done so yet. Hit subscribe uh, to the channel. It's entirely free, and if you hate it, all you have to do is click unsubscribe. But if you do appreciate the work we do here, uh, you appreciate the free content and everything we put into it each day, uh, the easiest way to help support us is by hitting that subscribe button. Uh, So, you know, the channel or the shows on the channel will pop up on your browse feature. They'll be more accessible to you. You'll know when we're going live. If you want to hit the notification bell, you can do that as well. But more importantly, subscribe to the channel. Hit that thumbs up. Let's get started. So Lamar Jackson at 7,300 coming off a, you know, a decent game, but it has not been the same year for him. And he actually said on the Rich Eisen podcast before this past game that he routinely hears players on the opposing team's defense calling out their plays and just right there admitted to, to the world that, that, that teams know what plays they're running. And that's not great. And I can't imagine it doesn't have some uh, influence on the way he's played this season, Ben. So uh, of the most expensive guys, there aren't a ton of fantastic spots, but there are a few I like. Let's start with Lamar Jackson. Just get your overall view on him against the Titans defense that has been given up pretty big games to opposing quarterbacks this season. It's certainly not. I mean, the Ravens are not the same team. I think we all can see that, but I, I, either overrate them or think they're going to be just fine. I mean, they played in an absolute monsoon against new England. Did you see that final drive? I mean, it was just, I no, I could, I didn't see it because you literally couldn't (laughs) see. Um, It It was, was, it was unbelievable. I thought they were going to, I know you really can't just like stop a game. I thought they might just stop it. It I feel like if the third quarter just started, they might've postponed it, but yeah, there's only like 30 seconds. Final drive. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Fair point. It it's been tough for him. Like I said, you go there, before that, he was at the Colts, not an easy matchup. The Steelers, where he was terrible, he, f- he fumbled twice through a pair of picks, but they were in these games. Um, and now, you know, then dating back, obviously, we go to the Eagles, where he was he was really good. So I'm comfortable with Lamar. I think pricing is going to be softer naturally. It's not like he's 8,000. 
it's a fine price. You've got Big Ben against Jacksonville, which of course he's going to get it done in a different way. What we're doing with Lamar, we're banking that on this slate without Kyler, he can separate basically from everyone, maybe Cam a little different, but his rushing upside is unmatched of what we have available. Yep, you're right. With Kyler Murray off the slate, it does make a difference. Um, Sal, I'm going 60, 65 and up here. Lamar Jackson against Tennessee. Uh, I'm not huge on Rodgers this week in Indianapolis. Maybe you have a different opinion there, but you're paying a big premium there. Uh, Justin Herbert against the New York Jets in L.A., 6,800. And then Roethlisberger, as Ben just mentioned, is at Jacksonville at 6,700, coming off uh, clearly the best game we've seen him play this season. So while there are a few guys that aren't great, of course, Drew Brees is in that mix as well. He's expected to be out at least three or four weeks. And then Deshaun Watson at home against the Patriots. I do think you can get to a couple guys here that make for pretty interesting tournament or even cash plays. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that, I don't know, it's not the same week like we've already said to this point. I have interest in Rodgers at this point where he's at right now. Just continues to throw a ton. And Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams right now are very involved in the passing game more than I was expecting basically over this past month or so. Herbert's the guy if I had to pick one right now that I would go to. He threw, I believe, this was the least that he's thrown, um, the second least that he's thrown since he's become a starter with 32 attempts in a game. But I still just, one, like the matchup in general, the 28 implied team total here. You're getting close to 300 yards per game out of him still. So if I had to pick one guy above here, I would go there. It took Big Ben, I mean, 10 weeks to finally have a fantasy week that if you didn't have him, it probably hurt. So I'm okay to not go back to it. He really wasn't doing much downfield by any means, Big Ben. Like, it's a lot of underneath stuff. He has maybe the best three wide receiver set in the NFL right now. So it's you can rely on some of that yards after the catch and just jump ball ability in the end zone. So that's always going to help him. But now priced up, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, the top end at quarterback, the last two weeks we've come on the show and it's it's hard not to like any of them. This week, it becomes a little bit easier now just to kind of maybe punt the position this week uh, in some tournaments. What about you, Ben, outside of Lamar, Herbert, Roethlisberger, Watson, again, Breeze is out. Do you like some of these top tier guys? I mean, obviously there's going to be merit to some of them, but this is not, I'm in a hundred percent agreement. This is not like last week where I, I'm not sure I had a lineup that went below golf. Uh, I paid up for three or four top end quarterbacks here. I'm going to have guys all the way down the list as we work down. So I, I get the merit to going to Rogers in a dome Herbert. The one thing I'll say, and listen, it's, it's the chargers. So I don't believe in them at all, but this is the first time in theory he really could have a, a game script that would work against him late where they're running the ball. They're a nine point favorite at home against the jets. So I worry a little about he's going to be more efficient, but the volume may be down and, and big Ben coming off that, that game. It's a fine spot. But for me, this is not like last week where I felt like if you faded the complete top, you were almost in an impossible spot. Well, one of the things too, uh, Sal, based on what, what Ben was just saying is, uh, while I think DraftKings has done a better job with backup running backs this week and last week, look at some of the prices. Look at Latavius Murray's price point, right? He's 5,900. Um, Jamal Williams is 5,700. They're clearly just preemptively protecting against one of these guys being out midweek. One area that that hasn't happened, uh, at least I don't think so, in a matchup uh, at home uh, at the Dome against Atlanta is Jameis Winston. He's sub-6K. Uh, and well, I know that he, he, I know that Peyton hadn't, um, revealed or said he won't reveal a starting quarterback, uh, until later in the week, knowing that breeze with those ribs is out two to three weeks could be more, but I mean, if Winston starts at 5,900 against the Falcons, how is he not just mega chalk at quarterback? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the question becomes, uh, depending on how many lineups you're playing, do you just lock them in at this point? I mean, he's $5,900 Atlanta gives up the most yards per play in the NFL right now, 6.5 per play. Jameis last year, sure, there's ways that he can blow up. He doesn't have the exact same weapons, but he's going to sling it. And this makes for just the first time all year that you can maybe feel good playing Michael Thomas. He's finally healthy to an extent. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it hurts Alvin Kamara. Jameis, to me right now, looks like the best quarterback play point per dollar wise on the slate, depending on which site you're looking at. It doesn't really matter. He's looking great everywhere. He's one of three guys that I have as a yes right now. And the other guys are like Rodgers and Herbert at their price tag. So I think Jameis is, for me, early on the best quarterback play. I think so, too. Um, One guy that does stand out to me, Ben, would be Tua. Uh, Not because I'm particularly excited about him at all. He hasn't attempted 30 passes in any of his starts this year. 
but he is basically the same price. So more, more or less, it's not that I like him, uh, but early in the week, it's interesting to look at some potential pivots. Uh, and I don't mind going down, you know, with James at 5,900, we already hit on everyone above 65. Is there anyone within that five, $600 price range that works as a viable pivot? If Sean Payton does give Winston the nod and he is chalk, which if he starts, I can't imagine any way he won't be the most popular quarterback by a mile. I think that there's a couple guys. I think Cam Newton is sneaky just because he does it differently. He gets a Houston team that I, I feel pretty comfortable if, if the Patriots are ever going to have a big time week, it, it could be against them. Now they just play so methodical. It's tough, but his, I mean, he has the best TD equity on the ground of any quarterback and that can really help. Uh, he's not going to have a hundred yards, but he could. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He find himself in the end zone a couple of times. Looking down, I, I want to say Wentz, but I honestly can't. Uh, I think can't that's, go there. Can't do it. You really, it's tough. I'd rather say Burrow, I think, at this point, going against Washington. You know, the Bengals are a mixed bag. They had a tough time, but it's against Pittsburgh. This is just a different situation. He's almost a lock to drop back, I mean, 35, 40 times minimum. So when you're getting that type of volume, 5,500, I think there's a lot of ways you get there with him. Oh. <sighs> Better than the, Cars, the, the Carson Wentz thing. No, no, no. The, the Carson Wentz thing. I, but yes, I'm with you on Burrow. Uh, Alex Smith is $5,300. It's just really tough to get there. He's not throwing more than a couple yards downfield, Sal. But uh, he did attempt 55 passes last week, which is pretty insane. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, below Winston and above Winston, I don't think there's a ton. The couple guys I had written down, um, one of them was Joe Burrow. I wrote down to it just because he's the same price point. If if Winston's salary gets exorbitant, then I'm willing to take a look elsewhere. Because we know while Winston is someone that can throw for a lot of yards and touchdowns, he didn't look good last week in that second half. And he's had some bad game. Like, it happens. So there are a couple guys that, that stand out, but not a ton. What about you? Yeah, I mean, like the other guys would be Matt Ryan. It's a decent team total playing as an underdog. Too, yeah. Yeah, it, the stacks would be direct leverage off of if you're going to get like 15% ownership on Jameis or somewhere around there. So that's probably like my favorite type of pivot at a similar price range. And I'm not going to play him, but I do think that Baker's price is too cheap because you're going to see this all across the board with the passing game unit of Cleveland. They've probably played in the two worst weather games in back-to-back weeks, and then they had a buy in between there as well. So whatever the drafting algorithm is doing, I don't think it's factoring that in. Like these guys are priced up and then their team totals dropped by six points and now they're all getting priced down. Like Baker's been like 6K all year long. He's 5,400. So more so like his wide receivers, but this sort of starts the trend that Cleveland is going to be probably like four to $500 underpriced at every single pass catching position on this slate. Anything else for uh, the quarterback position, Ben, top to bottom? So two quick things. Uh, I've seen PJ, PJ Walker's name thrown around a little bit you know, if Bridgewater is hurt, I, if you're really punting, I get he's 4,800. There's some appeal there. I just don't know exactly what we're going to get. Uh, I don't think he plays terrible, but so far it's early in the week. I haven't found myself clicking in there. And then the other thing I want to ask you guys real quick, chat just brought this up, particularly on FanDuel. Taysom Hill is listed as a tight end. Do you have interest there if they don't reveal what they're going to do at quarterback, just blindly backing and possibly getting two QBs in, on your team. Sal? Yeah, I do. Um, this is also the case, I think, like on Yahoo and maybe ESPN for season-long leagues. I think Taysom Hill, just by the way the position is all season long, but also on this slate in general, uh, we haven't gotten into it yet, but nobody's in the 5K range. There's no standout tight ends on this slate. Um, so on FanDuel, I would have interest in Taysom Hill. You could be probably sure that he's going to see three to four touches with the upside. If he actually starts to throw like 10 times in the game, you have a really good play there. The tight end position is just so bad that I have no issues with it either. It, that's really all it comes down to for me, Ben. Yeah. The opportunity cost is minimal. Um, yep. And that's huge. And PJ Walker uh, in the XFL, he was really fun to watch the Houston roughnecks, baby. They won oh, me yeah. a lot of money. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear, I'm telling you. I remember you were passing me. I am 100% on board on this. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I dude. won a lot of money on PJ Walker. Yeah. Uh, stacks without, without Sammy Coates. You can't go Sammy Coates ever. No, again. no, no, not at all. And I'm talking, Ben, you know, just on the sports betting front, uh, the Houston Roughnecks and the, uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks, baby. Those were the, the two teams that got us there. The, the lines were just so exaggerated, and, and I think the market overreacted so much early on in the season. I missed the XFL. Uh, didn't The Rock buy it? Yeah, it's coming back next year. Uh, well, not this upcoming year. It's coming back April of 2022. I'm stoked about it. If you guys didn't get into it, I promise you, it was a lot of fun. But uh, the reason I bring that up is, he did have a couple games where he like he can use his legs a little bit. 26 rushing yards, 27, 34, 17. Nothing nothing extraordinary at all, but if the guy does start, you might see them, you know, they might draw up some plays where they get him moving his feet and and not lean on him as a passer, but um I don't know, Ben at 4800, I, I suppose maybe there's some value there, but the the way that scoring has gone this season it's it's very hard to to win tournaments with like 17 from your quarterback anymore. Yeah. And, and just to further that point, Sal's already talked about, this is not like last week where it's like, if you want to do something different, this is the only viable punt. There's a bunch of guys that are five, six, $700 more than him that we've seen for seasons upon seasons, get it done. Uh, so it's not like you can, you have to punt with him. You can punt with a variety of options that makes his path even more difficult. Sal, at running back, man, the top is loaded, absolutely loaded. If Christian McCaffrey is active, uh, Matt Rule expressed optimism that Christian McCaffrey could be back this week, but he's done that a couple times when he was on the IR, saying, oh, he might be activated, we're hopeful, we're optimistic, and then he didn't return. Uh, at, at this rate, I don't know what to expect. I saw other reports that he wasn't going to play uh, for Week 11, but as of now, we don't have any ruling. If he does play... And uh, that shoulder stops ailing him. You have him against Detroit at home. You have Alvin Kamara against Atlanta at home. And then you have Dalvin Cook against Dallas and that putrid run defense also at home. They are in $200 increments from 9 to 92 to 9400 on DraftKings with McCaffrey at the top and Alvin Kamara in the middle. What are we doing here? Yeah, it's difficult to not get if you're like hand building some lineups, at least one of these guys in your lineups, especially with what we just talked about at quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, right away, the best play to me looks like Dalvin Cook, nine and a half point favorite against Dallas here, comes in at $9,000, would be the only person I would say that has no questions, goes for 100 total yards against the Bears. First half didn't look like it was going to be great, then almost goes for just 100 yards on the ground alone, finishes, I think, with 96 last night. So McCaffrey has the question marks on his health. Kamara has question marks in terms of Drew Brees, the guy who checks it down more than any other quarterback maybe in NFL history uh, to his running backs, is not going to be out there. How does that affect his game? Jameis never really had a pass-catching running back to throw to all that much, so it's really tough to give a 25% target share to Alvin Kamara in this game. So, yeah, Cook at $9,000 looks the best. I also think that means it'll probably come in with 25% ownership by the end of the week or somewhere around there. But if I had to pick one guy earlier in the week to, to kind of hang my hat on, it would be Dalvin Cook. Okay. Bo Gray says, Alex Smith, no love, guys. I mentioned him. He's cheap. He attempted 55 passes last week. It's just uh, some pass attempts are worth more than others. And when it comes to Alex Smith, uh, you're going to need 40-plus easy to get you even close to where you want to go. What do you think about this top tier of backs, Ben? All three guys up north of 9K on DraftKings. So we'll have to see with Kamara, uh, Kamara, with McCaffrey. I thought he was going to sit. Now it seems like maybe he's trending in the right direction. We'll have to wait to see how that unfolds. Kamara, yeah, I do think that Jameis coming in could reasonably change that offense, and maybe they push the ball a little more downfield. Dalvin Cook is the safest to me. It's not even close. They are going to use him. They should be winning, and Dalvin Cook is going to get the work, regardless whether it's some checkdowns, but mostly just pounding the ball against Dallas. Derrick Henry, I know, is in a different price range he's kind of in an island so there's a thousand dollar gap north of him and an eight hundred dollar gap south of him I don't know what to really do with it I don't like the matchup for me I would just go Dalvin then Kamara but to to me honestly Dalvin's kind of on a tier of his own right now he's the obvious play if I'm hanging up yep and I agree with you with McCaffrey though I don't know it's so weird You, you have reports from Schefter and from everywhere saying he's unlikely to play and then Matt Rule just basically says, oh, yeah, he could play. So 
I don't know. I'm assuming if he doesn't practice on Wednesday in any capacity, I can't imagine there's any chance that he plays. But um, Ben Dalvin Cook, though, 30 carries last night, 96 yards. Chicago did a very good job of bottling him up. You know, they they forced Kirk Cousins to the pass or to sorry to be efficient as a passer. But yeah, Dalvin Cook touched the ball 34 times and it was very limited limited production. But th- that doesn't matter. Would you be surprised? Would you be surprised if Kirk Cousins threw like 17 passes this Sunday? No, I mean that's what they we've seen. That's what they want to do. Yep. They just couldn't because they were behind by so much. That shouldn't be the case. And, and last night, listen, that was a tough matchup. It also broke. He was just short of the 100-yard bonus. His best run of the night got called back by holding. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there was just a lot of ways he could have gotten there. So that's not going to deter me at all. He's going to be really popular. That's the only problem. If McCaffrey plays, how popular will Dalvin Cook be, Sal? And actually, how about this? Let's say he – and we're going to have an ownership show tomorrow. We cover all of this throughout the week. Strategy shows seven days a week, 11 o'clock Eastern every day. Um, but if, if all three of them – let's just assume McCaffrey plays. If all three of them are active, how much interest do you have in, in going to one of the players if his ownership is markedly lower than the others? Like, say, McCaffrey is healthy and does play, and he's 8%, and Dalvin Cook is 30 Yeah, it would be McCaffrey all day there for me. Yeah. Um, I think that if we get news, and you want it to be murky, if anything, just like last time, like uh, Christian McCaffrey is uh, going to be splitting series with Mike Davis, which I didn't, I wouldn't say I fell for it, but I didn't adjust to it like in a positive way. I had like 13% McCaffrey that week, which is around the field when he's normally in those situations going to come in at that price point, like 30% owned. So you got like a half on McCaffrey. If that happens again, I would just say, just be sure to not take that into account all that much. Like once he's out there, they're not putting him out there if he's hurt. And once he's out there, they pretty quickly see like, no, we're not going to keep Mike Davis on the field over this guy. So yeah, McCaffrey, if he was to be fully healthy and we start to get news that he's going to play suit up all this stuff, I think that you probably see an ownership split between these guys, maybe like an 18 and 22% with Dalvin Cook in the lead. And then that's where Kamara starts to get lost at like eight to 10% owned. And that's where the pivot would come in. Yep. Um, Yeah. And I I see Chad talking about McCaffrey again, like I said, seeing a lot that's saying he's unlikely, but Mm -hmm. he hasn't been ruled out yet. And Matt rule has been weird about everything and kind of opaque when it comes to what he says. So, you know, it's a Tuesday show. If, 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 if news changes, and on Friday, he it turns out, it turns out that he's optimistic that he will play. It's good that we talked about it because we don't want this show to be to be to be you know useless and have no shelf life whatsoever. So don't worry, we know what we're doing here. Ben, uh, oh, and by the way, you guys know I see some people jumping in here. Ben, I'm sure you've seen it too. Jumping in the chat, and they're like, oh, I missed this or I missed this. Number one, it's a live stream. You can rewind to the beginning. And number two. The moment this show ends, it's posted right back on YouTube and all of our podcasts, any podcast platform you want to listen to. And just the last thing I'll add, you know, one of the greatest things that we discovered when we took that time off, we were doing the daily show is the topics on the left. So you can know where we're at. And if you want to back up to quarterbacks, you know, just go right back and you see the topic and you know where we're at. You got it. Ben, what are we doing in the mid range? Well, I guess it's still an upper tier, but this is the first year correct me if I'm wrong. I can't, or the first week that we've had three guys above nine K at running back. I can't imagine even, I don't even know if we had two, but we certainly haven't had three. Once you get down to Derek Henry, uh, he's the, he's in no man's land, right? $8,000 absolute no man's land against Baltimore. He's probably going to be like 1% owned this week. I don't want to spend too much time here, but I've got to ask you about him. This is the same Derek Henry who accounted for almost 70% of Tennessee's total offensive yards last year in that upset win over Baltimore. It's crazy to think about. I know, but he is someone that can just absolutely break a slate. What if he comes in at one or 2%? I actually think that's possible. That's not hyperbole. Yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's that low, then I, I mean, I would blindly back that every time because you know, Dalvin cook is not 15 times as likely to get there. That's just a fact. We'll have to see. It's going to be an ownership play. Clearly his matchup is a lot more daunting for various reasons, but this is a guy that, you know, if you're going to get opportunities 30 plus times, and it could be that type of game against the Baltimore team, you have to at least consider it. It's, it's really weird though. As you just mentioned, we have three guys, nine K or more, and then we have three guys total in the seven and eight K range. That's just not something we really see. Uh, And I like it. it. It really changes the lineup construction. 
It's very strange. Yeah. And I enjoy it too. Sal, I don't think any of us are here, you know, espousing the, the virtues of Derrick Henry in a matchup against Baltimore when there are so many other good spots, but the Ravens have allowed 173, 112, and 194 rushing yards uh, in three of their last four games, only 48 against Pittsburgh. But uh, is there any interest if ownership comes in very low on a Derrick Henry or an Aaron Jones against Indy uh, or, or, you know, any of these guys in that 7K and up range outside of the 9K spots? Yeah, I mean, I, I might be the guy then who just uh, disparages the virtues of Derrick Henry a little bit. I don't know if he's been good this year. I don't think he has. Um, fantasy points per game-wise, he'll get there based on the volumes and that one massive game, he scores 40-plus fantasy points when so many running backs are hurt, so it's just going to inflate him. But he's, like, outside the top 20 in, in yards per touch. He's 30th right now in yards per touch. He's relying on volume, and he's had his three good games this year, like the only good games, against three bottom five run defenses. Everything else, he's been bad. And in these game flows, he doesn't look good at all because he comes off the field, even in the playoffs last year. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He comes off the field. So, I mean, this is just queuing it up for somebody to clip this for when he smashes 40 points this week. But, yeah, I mean, if he's 1% owned, that's like a single entry pivot for me or three max, something like that. But if he comes in where I think probably like eight, nine percent on something like that, if Kamara is going to be like 12, 13 percent on that, I'm just going to go all the, all the way to that pivot. Um, but yeah, I, I probably won't get much Derek Henry. Aaron Jones is fine. Like you start to get to a dead range and sort of like the bottom of the six K range, you have to kind of load up in this range. So Jones is somebody that at 7,200 Colts defense has been good. Their run defense has been surprisingly good. They limited Henry uh, this past week, I believe in the Thursday night football game. So I'm okay with Jones. He's come back now after the injury and seeing the usage that I think people wanted to see more this past week with Jamal Williams being out there, but he still was seeing the usage, especially in the passing game. So almost six targets per game at this point for Aaron Jones very quietly. Yeah. I like him at 7,200. Ben, what are we doing outside of that? You get to, this is where it starts to get interesting, right? Uh, Miles Sanders against Cleveland, 6,900. It's such a shame. The guy has been so unbelievably efficient and Doug Peterson, it's, it's not like, it's not like Doug Peterson wants to give the ball to Boston Scott, right? That's not happening. Boston Scott, by the way, they priced him up. He he had that one 56 yard touchdown one, but he only touched the ball three times on the ground. Miles Sanders. And I said all, all off season, like he's going to be the number one guy when he's healthy. It's just a matter of whether or not they'll abandon the run. Um, one thing we know about him, and I know you mentioned it on Sunday's show, that he has that breakaway ability, and we've seen it, right? He had back-to-back games with a 74-yard run. Um, last week, he averaged almost six yards per attempt. Is Miles Sanders someone who, if he comes in on, on their own, and I, my guess is he's not popular, that you would be willing to get to? And not just him, but what about any of these 6K guys, including James Conner against Jacksonville? Oh it hurts God. me to even say it. Uh, and then I have to throw him out there with, with Dalton expected to return. Ezekiel Elliott's down to 6,500 against the Minnesota Vikings. Swift against Carolina. I know I'm throwing a lot at you here, but uh, this 6K range is where a lot of, of the, a lot of, we can see a lot of movement at the top of leaderboards based on what happens with this 6K range. Super important range. Uh, you know, I, I try to separate guys into different buckets. So I think that Swift is, is pretty safe. He's starting to emerge. I want to talk about Miles Sanders, though. I, I was on him pretty heavily this week, and I tell you what, Boston Scott breaks a long run, and that's frustrating. Then I see on the goal line, you can kind of tell because Boston Scott's a little smaller. I know it's not him in there, and boom, touchdown. Corey Clement is in the game somehow. <laughs> he scored with one carry. So both the Eagles' backs besides Miles Sanders scored. That was just terribly unfortunate. If he's going to get the work, and he is, I'm going to keep going back. Uh, even in that game, which... Did not go according to plan. He had 15 carries. He had five targets. They're three and a half point dogs against the Browns. I think we know that that's a game they can easily win and, and compete in. He's got massive ceiling, low ownership. That is always going to be intoxicating for me with a guy like Sanders. So I like him in tournaments. Swift and honestly, I feel okay about Zeke. Uh, I don't mind going to them. I think they're actually a little safer than a guy like Miles Sanders. Intoxicating. I like it really. That. You got to like Sanders. I, I like 
I like that terminology there. I might steal that from you. Yeah, you know, it's good stuff. I usually, I usually blaze trails in the DFS show host vernacular, <laughs> but I might, I might steal intoxicated from you. That intoxicating. That's pretty good. good. Uh, is Miles Sanders or anyone in the six K range intoxicating to you, Sal? I don't know about intoxicating. He's somebody that I have starred down right now. I, I think DeAndre Swift would be the one that gets me a, a little bit uh, turned up here at this point at $6,400. Uh, look, he they named the starter last week. He ends up seeing another 20-plus point week. So I, I like Swift a lot in this point. I, I'm hoping he doesn't become chalk because it becomes, in my opinion, a dead range after this for like $1,000 after the Swift price tag for the most part. Swift, Elliott, and Connor in, in that range right there is where I have guys start. I'm okay to go back to Connor as bad as he's been the last couple of weeks. And if Swift being good now being the starter these last two, three weeks, four weeks, really, if he's going to pull some ownership away, you probably get nothing on Connor and Zeke where maybe that's where you get some ownership discount. If you're going to play like a chalky Dalvin cook. So that those three guys in that order, I'd rank it right now for me, probably Swift, Connor and Zeke. Okay. Good stuff. Will McNeil says Miles Sanders is so overrated. I don't know what people like about him. I, I can tell you what I like about him. He's averaging six yards per attempt this year. That's pretty good. And yeah, you can say, well, what about all those long runs? I don't care. You know, Jamal Charles didn't get to his career five plus yards per attempt without breaking off some really big runs. It happens. Barry Sanders has more negative rushing plays than any running back ever, but he broke off a ton of yard long runs. And, you know, many consider him the best to ever play the game at the running back position. Sal, what are you doing below 6k? in the 5k range anything you like here yeah i think there's some names it's a really steep drop from probably like swift's price point of 6400 to the bottom 5k range i mean we have duke johnson there again um hurts a lot of people last week i'm gonna go right back maybe it's foolish but look you get him to be a starter and cc's like every single touch every single snap at running back and what is just virtually like the worst weather game ever like that offense if you watch that game at all um, for Houston was just not their normal offense. They couldn't throw it anywhere downfield. Their team total dropped by eight points before the game started. And he had his 15 touches on the ground. You'd like to see more there. Just didn't happen. Price tag barely comes up. I mean, it's basically still acting as if this is David Johnson. New England's run defense has been very vulnerable. Right now, bottom five in the NFL in terms of yards per uh, yards per play allowed. So Duke Johnson's the one that stands out again. Hopefully him souring on a lot of people drops him. Um, I have Kalen Balazs starred. I don't know if I want to go there. Revenge game, nine-point favorite, 28 implied team total. And he was getting all of the work, like late in that game for back-to-back weeks for the Chargers, getting passing game usage. So I guess Kalen Balazs is going to be a question mark for me. I'm hoping he picks up ownership so I can just go away from it, but I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Okay. No, I wasn't comparing Barry to Miles Sanders. I'm comparing long runs to taking away so- – <laughs> Ben, you know well, what I'm based under the Well, based on the distributor property, we can compare Saquon to Miles Sanders and Miles Sanders to Saquon based on where they went to school. So I think it's okay. There you go. That's all that matters. Yeah, you're a Penn State guy. You ride or die for rough any year. of these guys. Yeah, rough years. Rough year. Rough year. Oh, 0-8's on the horizon for Penn State. Yeah, they're, Penn State's got some issues. They're down there with UMass. <laughs> We're having some trouble. Ben, what about the Washington football team's backfield we saw some 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 craziness last week uh, and the week before. Alex Smith apparently loves J.D. McKissick in the passing game. The guy He targeted him 12 times the other week. Two of those were from Kyle Allen early on. Uh, two of his 14 were, so he had 12 from Alex Smith. 15 from Alex Smith this week. He's been on the field for 83 and then 70% of the team's snaps. Gibson was actually on the field for 38% of the snaps last week finished with better fantasy totals than JD McKissick. Um, But of course you have to factor in the two rushing touchdowns and the much less uh, effective game overall with only 45 yards rushing and 20 yards receiving. But I do want to talk about both of them against Cincinnati. What do you say about the backfield for Washington? Uh, It's a, it's a tricky situation. So if Alex Smith is going to throw the ball that much, obviously he's down there with Drew Brees in the check down department. He, he just, he can't get the ball as downfield as often as he would probably like. So McKissick benefits. Uh, ironically, the one play that I saw in that game where McKissick was wide open for a touchdown, Alex Smith didn't go there, um, which is neither here nor there. So they're interesting. They obviously cannibalize each other as we saw last week where it was on the verge. One of them could have had a monster game and both of them ended up just pretty effective 
price tag seems reasonable. My biggest problem is I don't really have a great read on this game. They're a one and a half point favorite at home. And I do think that game script is crucial to both of these guys' successes. So unless you have a read on the game itself, it's a really tough spot uh, to back one of them because I think they're game flow dependent. You like anything else from a value perspective? I mean, we kind of already talked about, I think you have to consider Balage. Uh, I don't, I don't Ugh. want to, but it's such a good spot uh, at home, sizable favorites. There's not much else down here. I, I've seen chat throw out P Ryan for the jets. I don't know about that. I cannot get there. Um, there's just not a lot there. And I, I don't think I, I will look to end with, Hines, Duke Johnson, and Balage. I think dipping below that, unless an injury breaks, is not the move. Okay. Yeah, Naeem Hines is interesting to me, Sal, only because I wish this backfield was less, you know, uncertain. But someone's probably going to have a pretty decent game out of the backfield for the Colts. It's just who is it going to be against Green Bay? What do you say for value before we move on to wide receiver? Yeah, below 5K, only one name stands out and not as any type of a priority. It's Ahmed from Miami. He had 21 total touches in the last game. But, I mean, they cut Jordan Howard. They didn't have anybody else really touching the ball. DeAndre Washington, a new ad, only got two touches. But Matt Breida might be back. He was un- he was unlikely to play, didn't play with a hamstring. If he returns, I assume that takes him to some sort of a cut. They are favorites, which is good for him. Um, but it is a tough matchup against Denver. But that's the only thing below 5K as of right now that I would consider. Okay. Yeah, 4,800 coming off. Yeah, 20-plus touch game, 21 21 carries. Suppose you could definitely do worse. And Denver got carved up by Josh Jacobs this past week, which was certainly surprising to me. Got wide receivers, then tight ends. We'll give you our favorite defense under, what are we saying here, under 20. We'll go under 2,800 or 2,800 or lower. For this week once we get there before we do guys if you haven't checked out awesome.com go to awesome.com slash join and check out everything we've got to offer from $3.95 express pass which gets you all of the showdown content on top of the express uh lineup builder express top stacks tool the rankings and a whole lot more it's really the best bang for your buck you're going to get if you're working with a budget especially with these millionaire maker showdown slates happening more than once a week it's absurd uh you know they're they're blowing up so all of the showdown content on top of everything else for the main slates afternoon slates and everything not everything of course but a select package less than four dollars a week you can get the awesome plus platinum where you get every single sport uh, all of our ownership, all of our projections, all of our top stack tools, top player, top golfer tools for all of the sports. If the content, if there are contests on DraftKings, FanDuel, you name it, we have content for it. That's at awesomeo.com slash join. All of the tools built by, you ready for this, Jenkins? The number one DFS player in the world. And he uses them and we use them. And that's just, you know, the way it goes. So check it out, awesomeo.com slash join. And be sure to join the premium Slack chat when you do, if you have any questions, hit us up, support at awesome.com. You can DM me at Lafayette underscore D on Twitter, uh, and I'll try and get you squared away. But there's something for everyone, whether it be the Express, whether it be an NFL weekly, all access weekly, monthly, annual, no matter what budget you're on, we've got you covered. We'd love to have you come become, uh, come become, we'd love to have you come join the Awesome community. It's a good one. And, uh, you know, time to start winning some money. All right, uh, Sal, what are we doing at wide receiver at the top? Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas coming off a brutal game. That was so disappointing. Yeah, uh, it's they look great, but it's going to be a broken record for me. It's just still Devontae Adams, price point down. Uh, Colts secondary is going to seem like it's good, but over the last, I would say, three weeks, they've started to face some actual teams, and it's starting to look worse. Xavier Rhodes is not looking like the first three weeks of the season, Xavier Rhodes. This is the teams that they've gotten to face to start the season off. Jacksonville, the Jets, Baltimore, who has no wide receivers and got to run on them. Detroit without Galladay, Chicago with Nick Foles throwing for like five and a half yards per attempt. So this is going to be a totally different team. The best team they face so far, uh, the Steelers, the Bengals, these teams are able to throw on the Colts with ease, uh, Titans to an extent. So still like Adams, 12 target game. He had like a 15 yard catch. That was a really good defensive play broken up when he was going to the ground and then a 30 yard touchdown called back. So it was like 20-point disappointment, which is crazy, a 20-point disappointment. Really should have been one of these 30-plus point games yet again. You get a discount on him. Um, I think you'll be able to get to him, not as much as last week with the value running backs, but there's still enough value, especially a quarterback this week, if you're going to go Jameis. So 
Adams, and then I'm okay to go right back to Michael Thomas in this matchup against Atlanta at 7,300. Yeah, Ben, what about you here at the top? A lot of great names, and I mean, Michael Thomas was so disappointing last week, but Devontae Adams, as Sal mentioned, 8,600. He's come down $400. It's going to be tough, though. Like, if you're, I'm trying to stay realistic here. If you're playing Dalvin Cook or Kamara or one of these guys, and, and, and you play Adams as well, it's going to be tough. You're going to end up with with Ahmed or or with Hines or with some really cheap options trying to get the rest of your lineup squared away. Oh, for sure. I mean, last week this, you know, Mike Davis and Duke, there was so much value. Everyone got the luxury of basically playing whoever they wanted. Now, that didn't work for a variety of reasons, but this week it could be a little more difficult. Adams is still by far the safest. I mean, I know he's on a pricing island, but he's going to get double-digit targets. They're indoors, so there will be no weather. And I, I do think that that's something we didn't really talk about this. As we look, the totals across the league are dropping. Uh, and part of it's because we're getting into winter and there's wind and it's cold. Uh, so teams that are in domes and games that are in domes will become that much more important. I think you can go back to Michael Thomas. He killed me last week on some lineups. But with Jameis back there, this could be the change of pace that they need. Uh, I don't, I'd be lying if I said I felt confident in it. But he's someone that I think at that price point, we still have to buy a little. Then it gets tougher, though. You've got the three Pittsburgh receivers as we work down. You've got Fuller. Um, Keenan Allen has started to price up, and he's in a bad script. And then the Julio's lurking. So for me, I'll, I'll try to get the room for Adams. If I couldn't take him, I think I'll take a shot on Michael Thomas again. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I probably will, too. My guess is if if Winston is the confirmed starter, then Thomas probably ends up being chalky just by default. But maybe not. I don't know. Um, Sal, we opened the top. We opened with the with, with this at the top of the show. Deontay Johnson is still below six K. You know he played eighty six percent of snaps in back to back weeks. He's going to be on the field. Like we don't even have to really look at those numbers. You know he's going to be out there if he's not hurt. And a lot of people fade guys because they're worried about injury. I think that's a bad way to go about it. Uh, I'm, if someone gets hurt, fine. But how many guys that haven't been hurt all season get injured in a game? It's really no different might seem different, but it's really not that much different. The whole injury proneness thing is a little bit overblown. What are your thoughts on the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers wide receivers this week? Yeah, it's similar to last week, and maybe I should just adjust based on last week where I really like Claypool last week. His price points up, and I really like him yet again. Another double-digit target game. It's gone 9, 13, and 10 targets for him in each of his last three games, and he's basically just a bully out there, especially when they get into the red zone. So I like Claypool again, and I like Deontay. So last week I said that and didn't get to any big bend. Uh, and you really didn't need to the first nine weeks of the season, but maybe it's something to adjust, although his price point's now up. And yeah, Deontay Johnson's also great. More double-digit targets. Every single game that he's played from start to finish, you've seen double-digit targets. And it's almost shocking because he's averaging, it's 5.4 yards per target this year, meaning his dot is just insanely low, which is like outside the top 100. But he's picking up these 100-yard games. I mean, he's doing it yards after the catch for the most part. Um, so yeah, Big Ben's not throwing downfield. So he's been able to just do a lot of it on his own. Everybody was jumping up and down in, uh, for him in like May, June, July, like this preseason as, as a sleeper that became like one of the most obvious plays. He was, like the, he was the biggest, he was the most hyped. Sorry to cut you off, but he was the, in season yeah. long. I remember be on, listening to Sirius, being on Sirius, the most hyped up value pick was probably Deontay Johnson all summer long. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, everybody was right about it when the guy's on the field and healthy, yep. but maybe it's because of the injuries to an extent. Like he was 4,200 week one, he was chalky, injuries hit, and now people just don't go back to him. Could be a stacking reason too with Big Ben. But yeah, Claypool and Deontay Johnson, kind of sandwiched in between Jefferson and this next year, are like the wide receivers that I gravitate towards the most. I, I might have to get the small amounts of Big Ben this week just because of how much I like those guys. Man, I'm looking now at, at Deontay Johnson because like Chris Godwin is someone it's hard not to like him at least before all, all of this mess with Antonio Brown and everything coming to coming to the team, but was is very capable of giving you monster yards after the catch, Ben and Deontay Johnson, as Sal pointed out, has done an outstanding job of racking up yards after the catch this season. He's been, he's played like two fewer games than most players and he's 11th in yards after the catch. Uh, yards after catch per reception is up around seven, which is also a great number. If you were to filter this on pro football focus for guys who are actually getting targets, right, and not just like the random guy that has five targets on the year, uh, Deontay Johnson is one of the best. 
uh, in, in all of those respective categories. So he gets, he finds ways to get it done. What are your thoughts here to elaborate a little bit more on some value? Uh, a lot of 5K guys. I mean, a lot of guys priced in the 5K range this week. I will just say quickly on, on the Steelers, for me, it's going to be an ownership game because I think everybody, and rightfully so, Deontay Johnson's great. Like Juju's also getting a ton of looks. And I know it hasn't been the best year for him, but it's only a $500 difference. So if you're telling me, he's one half of the ownership, a third of the ownership or something like that. I will gladly one off with Juju. And I think it's pretty close between which one of these guys gets there, but working down a little, Sal mentioned this earlier. It's a little scary because he's been hurt as well, but I think Jarvis Landry at 55 is interesting. I like Sanders on the other side. The weather has been atrocious. It's just a low price for a guy that should be really involved, especially if they fall behind. So you've got him, you've got cooks is, is kind of interesting. Um, God, I can't get DJ more right, so I'm not even going to pretend to. Tyler Boyd would be the other one that stands out, but I'm really taking a close look at Jarvis Landry this week. I really did like DJ Moore this week, just trying to get away from the, the, the Davis chalk in some lineups. I still had mostly Davis, but in the lineups I didn't, it was uh, some DJ Moore and obviously tried to stack Tampa Bay. So tough to get that right. Uh, didn't have nearly as much Ronald Jones as I would have liked, but like Brandon Cooks, 5,200, he's been the most targeted player on this team, Sal. And Will Fuller, meanwhile, is still $1,000 more expensive than him. I don't think this is a great matchup, but uh, if you are looking at some cheap guys, I just, at this point, Brandon Cooks, if he's going to be 1,000-plus cheaper than Fuller every week, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, and, and I don't see any reason to get away from that in at least respectable matchups. I don't know what Gilmore's status is going to be, though, and who he would be on. What are you doing in the value spot before we talk tight ends? Yeah, Brandon Cooks is interesting. Uh, usually have been getting to him. Weather last week scared me off of him and ended up working out. But I was kind of surprised to see this team total of just 22.75. Like their offense has been very good, Houston's overall. It's just the defense falls apart. So um, if we're going to trust Vegas on that one, maybe not. Maybe it's a little bit undervalued, but he's fine. But I might have to – we saw Andy Dalton's off the COVID list. I might have to get to some Amari Cooper who, outside of when they got a guy from like a TV commercial, Ben DiNucci on uh, like Sunday Night Football against the Eagles – to play quarterback. Amari's been good with Gilbert. I mean, he had like a 13 point game, which was fine for that with Dalton. He was the only wide receiver that actually sustained Dalton's game and a half of production. So if Dalton's back this week, Amari's down to 5,400 versus Minnesota, who has become a lot better since the first two weeks of the season in their secondary patching it together, but still a bottom 10 unit. So Amari at 5,400 is kind of that guy who stands out that could have a monster performance at a very cheap tag. Ben, anything else here before we move on? No, I, I think honestly, it's more about, I really feel this way, separating upside versus stability. Like if you're taking some extreme shots, say you play Derrick Henry and you've really leveraged already. Well, I don't know if it's necessary to play big time home run, high risk, high reward guys in the main mid range of receiver. If you start with Dalvin Cook, you're going to need a separator and maybe you roll the dice on some of these guys who aren't getting a lot of buzz, but we know are live for big plays. So I'll just try to structure my team's balance like that and hope that I can hit a few. If you really need some cheap guys try and you're paying up for Adams, you're paying up for a top tier running back. Uh, Marvin Hall at least has the upside to get the the deep touchdown. We saw a 55 yard touchdown last week, very limited targets though. Brashad Perriman's 4,300. So that's pretty cheap. There are, there are players. Look, once you get this low, it's super volatile. There's no denying that. But I do think if, if in tournaments, if you want to get different, but you also want to pay a premium for these top priced running backs and wide receivers, um, the one way to go would just be guys that have a high a dot. And if they get five, their five targets can rip off two fifty plus yard receptions and, and make a splash. Another way you can do that. Sal is come to the tight end position where on DraftKings there isn't a single player priced above 4,900 Mark Andrews uh, tops off the position at $4,900. There's no George Kittle. He'd be hurt anyway. There's no Darren Waller. He's been a disappointment anyway. There's no Travis Kelsey. Zach Ertz is out. Wouldn't make a difference. He hadn't played well anyway. Like, it, is a, it is a crazy position to look at it with no one in the 5K range even. Yeah, it's it's just brutal at this point. Like, it's going to be at least the last couple of weeks you could attempt to pay up for Waller, and he hasn't even been bad, or it hasn't even been good. 
Uh, three receptions last week was the least that he's seen in a while, but now you have nothing here. Like Andrews at least gets back on track with seven receptions, nine targets, no touchdowns though. Uh, John U. Smith's not seeing any target share. You're getting hit or miss performances out of Hawkinson and Gasecki and Font that all rely on touchdowns. So it really just comes down to stacking, in my opinion. I think Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst from a volume standpoint look like the quote unquote safer plays from like a cash perspective. And you probably get a, a, a good amount of them in stacks if you're going to be playing those teams. So Henry, at least six or more targets in every game, about two this season. Hayden Hurst coming off of a lot of usage in the past month. And if Calvin Ridley doesn't return, that should only sustain in the middle of the field as well over Russell Gage. So, yeah, it's just going to come down to stacks. I would say Hunter Henry and, and Hurst above that 4K price point are the ones that stand out first to me just as like one-offs. Ben, bad position, but we've seen people win tournaments, win the Millie Maker, win the slant with like three or five or even zero fantasy points from their tight end. There's just not a lot here, but at least you don't have to worry about not paying up at the spot this week. You're forced to save because there's nobody to pay up for, as you said. So those guys make sense. Working just down a little bit. Uh, God, we've mentioned for a team that's in this big a dysfunction, we've mentioned a lot of Cowboys, but Dalton Schultz, he's seen some targets. If Dalton comes back, that's got to be a boost. And like you said, this is the position. I think you really have to adjust your expectations. Like you can survive with... 10 points from your tight end. And in some cases that's actually going to get you ahead of the game. I want to see what's going on with Ertz. I don't know what I'll do if he's good to go. I don't really feel like playing him, but I, I do think that's a situation to keep an eye on. Hooper to a lesser extent fits into the just buy low on Cleveland, if you believe that. So I'll probably attack that upper three K range at tight end. I think you have a multitude of plays there. All right. Top tight end for both of you guys, since there's not a lot here. I'll go my top 10. I'll go tight end. I'll go with Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst, Ben. I'll try to save a little bit and go with Schultz on the Cowboys. All right. You have to think Dalton makes some bit of a difference, right, Ben? Like, given what they've seen, I'm not saying he's good, but go ahead. No, no, you're absolutely right. I think it it can't hurt. And listen, I'll take the games that he already had with the backup QBs. He had eight and seven targets against Philly and the Steelers. That signed me up for that again. So it it feels like that could his I don't want to say his floor but that's a reasonable projection once again and then if Dalton's better maybe we get more it's kind of crazy to see Richard Rodgers targeted downfield twice two straight plays he was targeted like 20 plus yards downfield it was shocking uh yeah I've looked towards the cheaper options here and I'm with you I'm with both of you Schultz Hayden Hurst I just honestly don't even know if you can go wrong here. You just kind of close your eyes, pick somebody, hope they give you seven fantasy points, and nobody goes off with three receptions for two touchdowns, which we've seen all too often. All right, boys, let's close this one out. We've gotten through every position. And again, remember, you can listen to this on the podcast platform, all of them. All our shows with the shelf life, right? Not the live before locks, not the Sunday morning ones, but everything with the shelf life that you can listen to throughout the week. Definitely check it out on podcast form if you want to. Uh, Remember, just replay all of these. If you're jumping in late, you can start from the beginning or check it out on YouTube as well once it drops and once this is over. Sal, your favorite defense under 2,800 or lower? Yeah, so, I mean, the play this week is to play Jamison and stack him with the Falcons defense. (laughs) (laughs) At at 2,300, I'm going to play the Falcons defense. You know what? I don't disagree with that whatsoever. What about you, Ben? I'll go to the, well, this sounds real good. Team's coming off a nice negative four point uh, (laughs) result against the Raiders. But I think the Broncos at home to listen, he's looked good, but I want to see what happens if he gets pushed a little bit. If Locke can avoid the turnovers and the Broncos can just, I want to see the the Dolphins drive up and down the field. So I think they can get some pressure. 2,400 coming off the negative four. It's got to be better than that. Carolina's defense actually hasn't been terrible this year. Last week was pretty rough, but uh, if I have to go somewhere and, and and I can't take either of the options that you guys just had, uh, I think it's reasonable to go with, with Carolina against Detroit, not the most imposing offense. And quite frankly, outside of the run D, Carolina has done a decent job with those young guys of, of staying, you know, at, at least formidable enough to give opponents some trouble. That'll do it for us. 
Follow Sal at Salvetri DFS. Check him out at Salvetri DFS on YouTube. Bennett Jazzrez DFS. Ton of content this man's putting out every single week. I believe you've got a PGA show already coming up today. A little first look action. Yes, sir. Two thirty. Season's not done. These are actually really good events to play DFS, and they're wide open. So two thirty today. Me and Fantasy Golf Man. I expect to see each and every one of you chat for more Barry Sanders talk if it needs to, but come stop on by regardless. And free content at awesomeo.com today. We try and throw some free content out there uh, each and every day to give you guys a little taste of what we've got going on the site. NFL ownership projections. Um, quite frankly, I don't know why those are free because they are not even posted yet. So I'll have to talk to someone about that. We'll make them free tomorrow. They'll be posted tomorrow morning. And PGA player projections, both of them free at awesomeo.com. Give it a gander. Check it out. You know, poke around a little bit. I think you'll want to stick around. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Matt Kajeski, Kyle Dvorak, and myself. Thursday, Matt Savoka will be breaking it all down. Matchups, long show. Friday, Alex Baker, Josh Engelman. Saturday, Greg Ehrenberg. And then Sunday, it is the big four-hour marathon show from 9 Eastern all the way up to 1 p.m. You're watching awesomeo.com strategy show. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon.